Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, the takeaway coffee, particularly from a van. You've probably seen them doing their business, especially during lockdowns. Uh, but uh, now appears that uh, there's a difficulty for them uh, around whether they will be allowed to keep doing it. And joining us is Andrew Maloney from Hook and Ladder, a uh, well-known uh, restaurant uh, and uh, coffee shop around Limerick at a number of locations, and also independent councillor Emmett O'Brien. And morning to both of you. Um, Andrew, uh, what happened to you recently? Tell us the story. Um, I suppose, well, we, over the last kind of three weeks up to the Sunday gone, uh, we were trading down in St. Michael's Rowing Club, obviously with their permission. Um, I just want to say that obviously St. Michael's are more than accommodating and welcoming us on board and stuff, so uh, no issue obviously with ourselves the same. Um, I suppose our problem, Joe, is the nature of how our coffee truck was handled by our Limerick City Council. Um we're obviously very aware at the moment of current ongoing, as you mentioned, as I've phone there, the COVID numbers are quite scary at the moment. So as a, as a business, we've been more than compliant and gone above and beyond to ensure that we're in line with every government guideline. But that being said, Limerick City Council took a very dim view of our operations um, and issued us with enforcement orders and also issued St. Michael's Rowing Club with enforcement orders, meaning we had to cease with immediate effect. Right. Um, so it's just it's always <clears throat> it's just kind of sh- short sightedness and lack of willingness to change and kind of to engage with us rather than come down with this big iron fist, have a conversation, let's try and make this work. We're providing an exceptionally safe environment for the public. The public were delighted with the service. It was a welcomed way out of the house for half an hour, an hour to bring the kids down from their homeschooling, grab a quick hot chocolate and a brownie and off you go on your way. Um, and that's kind of our story, essentially, over the last three weeks. Right. Well, I mean, hands up, I have to say, that I've enjoyed some coffees from the van yourself, as you know, um, Andrew, and glad of them um, at hear, times. And I'm sure lots of people were in the same boat. And, and most of us would have looked at what you were doing and some others, uh, especially during the lockdowns, and thought to ourselves, well, fair play. I mean, they're trying to keep literally the show on the road through these vans. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose, like, obviously, this is getting very good, both social media and media coverage. And I think right so. I'm not on the phone today to advocate for a hook and ladder. Obviously, yes, I'm involved there, but the phone call, the purpose of this is to kind of to back up all of the other traders in Limerick as well. Blackbird, Chill the Beans, Half Moon Coffee. Everyone's providing exceptional service. It's a very COVID-aware guidelines adhering to and it's just the fact that our council are coming down so hard on what we call an innovative takeaway offering in these times is is the issue, essentially. Hmm. Well, uh, speaking of Blackbird Coffee, Brian Curtin from there is also on the line. He's given us a buzz. Uh, morning to you, Brian. Morning. How are you, Joe? So tell us your story. Um, yeah, Joe. So I've uh, I've a uh, similar to, to Andrew there. I have a, a coffee trailer based out um, in Dordoil, Raheen area where I'm living. Um, and I think we're we're going through the same trials and tribulations as, as, as Andrew and the guys are at the moment as well. Why did you set up a takeaway coffee business, Brian? Um, I, I was actually, I left go from my job in, in March, um, Joe, and I, I wanted to do something, something I wanted to do for quite a, a long time anyway. Um, I actually did my final year project on this business model in college. Um, so I kind of knew a lot about it. Obviously, I didn't, uh, 
what I didn't know was the, the, the problems that we were going to run into with, uh, with, with the council at the moment. It's the only thing that I didn't uh, prepare for. When were you approached by the council and uh, what were they saying? Um, I'll just make it clear as well before we talk that I understand that the council have a job to do. Um, the same as anyone else, so as, as probably what Andrew said as well, I'm not here to bad mode anyone, but um, we were approached by them. I, uh, we were one week in business, um, literally on the seventh day, and we were told that we had to close because we didn't have planning permission. Um, we closed up for a couple of days, and then we, we moved location, and then it seems to be just recurring that every time we move to a new location with permission on private property that the, the same problem is arising. And tell me about the locations that you were at, and you mentioned private property with permission. Yeah, but there would have been other businesses in the area, in the Road Oil area, um, that looked at you know, what we were doing, and you know that they saw the service we were providing for the people in the area. Um, so it would have been locations on, you know, on the Jordan Oil Road, St. Nessens Road, Raheen Industrial Estate, etc. It seems unlikely, Brian, um, that Limerick City and County Council officials just had a figari one day to do this. So do you think that there have been complaints from other businesses? I, w- I would imagine so, yeah. I would imagine so. What about you, Andrew? Yeah. I suppose, from obviously, from an, an educated point of view, more than likely, yes. Um, if so, it's also quite understood um, in sense that if it's people in the coffee industry or the restaurant industry in, in Limerick, it's fair enough that they may feel aggrieved that they don't have the ability want the ability but the, the, the product to go and do this, which is understandable. I understand that. But I suppose myself, Breen and all the guys, we're not out to make a million euro. We're out just to keep it float. For myself personally, like we've six locations in Limerick. We pay massive money in rates. We've now built up 11 months of historical, most importantly, landlord debt along with other commercial debts. We were only out to get an additional cash revenue going. Um, which was being funneled straight back into paying off these historical debts to make life, not even, I won't even say easier, to make life somewhat possible to reopen in May or June. Mm. Um, so I, I understand the frustration of other businesses, and I get that. We're all in an exceptionally precarious situation where we're all struggling to keep our front doors open. So I understand that. But in saying that, it's not the complaints that I have an issue with. It's not the complaints of big members of the public who weren't happy with the service. It, they felt it was not COVID-friendly or whatever. I get all that as well. It's just the approach. <clears throat> if Limerick City Council had come out to us two weeks ago and said, guys, what you're doing shouldn't be happening, we go, okay, that's fine. How do we rectify that? Is there a way that we can sit down, have a quick half an hour chat, probably over a Zoom call, and figure this out? What can we do differently? Can we apply for planning? Can we engage in a pre-planning meeting? What do we do to fix this? The iron fist approach was just incorrect especially in the current times we're in. Um, Andrew Maloney is talking to us from Hook and Ladder. Uh, we also have Brian Curtin from Blackbird Coffee on. Um, I think, Andrew, you pay between maybe 70 and 100 grand a, a year. Um, C- circa so- that. <clears throat> and as does every business in Limerick, we all pay our rates. And obviously over the last few months, there's been a rent, uh, rates have been let off and stuff. But um, it isn't even the fact that what we pay, it's just the fact that so where we would have been willing to if we had to pay rates again to be in a mobile truck, that's fine. Ask us that question. We'll happily engage with you. Well, we'll bring Councillor Emmett O'Brien in in just a sec, but um, the council's official response to us when we asked them about this, they said there were 
visits to three unauthorised coffee vans last week, two in the Raheine area and one on O'Callaghan Strand. They were informed that they were unauthorised structures and had to cease trading with immediate effect. Just to be clear, a casual trading licence can only be granted on public-owned property in designated casual trading areas. These were unauthorised structures on private property, so the property owners were in breach of their planning permission. Uh, Brian Carton of Blackbird Coffee, does that make sense to you? It, it does, Joe, yeah. I suppose from that perspective then means that essentially what, that, what that's saying is that the only place that we can trade in Limerick is the milk market or um, I think mm. there's, a, there's a market in Newcastle West or Abbey Field, um, you know, maybe one day a week outside of that there's nowhere else we can trade. So, you know, the, the, the conversation about planning permission, that we need planning permission, you know, even with it, they're saying that that trading license doesn't cover us for anywhere else. We can't get that trading license. Now, a uh, listener's been in touch to say, Joe, as a cafe owner in Limerick City, there's an eight-week waiting list for a casual trading license. There are designated areas to trade. You can't just set up where you like. It's one rule for all. We're open for takeaway, staying open, keeping our staff employed, paying our rent. Get your coffee from us and the other cafes trying to stay open. What would you guys say to that? We well, I'd, 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 I'd agree with her. and We're in the same boat. We're also trying to stay open. That's not... We're not out to make an extra extra money. It's the case of we've three, we've three stores currently open, Castle Troy, Corbia and Starfield Street. They are all open. They're employing staff. We were employing two more staff members in the coffee truck on Callan Strand. Um, the eight-week licensing, eight-week waiting list, I don't think that's particularly right. Um, I haven't spoke with the council on this matter. There's upwards of a two- or three-year wait list to get into Limerick Milk Market. Which I was told to other than that, you can't actually apply for anywhere else. So getting a trader's license doesn't entitle you to pull up anywhere. Yeah. So it's that's the issue that I see. I understand wholeheartedly that other cafes are open. By myself this morning, I'm sitting down having a coffee from another place in Limerick. I'm not having one of our own coffees because we're not open today. So I'm actively supporting other cafes on a daily basis. It's the fact that why not embrace this? We were down on Callaghan Strand, the Breen's out in, out in Raheem, uh, industrial estate, all very scenic parts of Limerick. People are out walking, enjoying their walk. And the council are coming along, closing everything down. Like the riverside where we were is the Three Bridges Walk is beyond a scenic walk, uh, beyond a popular walk. I like that the whole purpose of this conversation isn't to, to give out about the council. It's to try and embrace change and to actively pretend in June, July this year when the weather is lively and warm that we can foresee O'Callaghan Strand or somewhere having kind of active market traders a coffee bar a wine bar a beer bar not just well, not just fighting for advocating for hook and ladder here it's the riverside is completely underutilised yeah one of the nicest rivers going through the city in Limerick in Ireland um, however it's not been used and when someone does attempt to use it we're closed down Brian, and I, I might just say, Joe, from from my perspective, that I think for me, losing my job it was, to, it was to adapt and create a job, which is what I've done. In in normal time down the line, you know, we would have the festivals and events and agricultural shows and you know the stuff all up and down the country. Please God, that'll that's it, you know, and that time will come. But I think it's just at the moment, just keeping the the head above water and to be able to keep trading. You know what I mean? In the meantime, 
Yeah, uh, I have to say, I've been banging on here for the last 12 months about shopping local, shopping local online or shopping local when you can physically. And mm-hmm. in fairness to all businesses, you know, particularly in the hospitality sector, you have been hit with something, all of you, everyone listening, that you couldn't have imagined in your worst nightmares, to be completely honest. Um, Joan says, I've travelled around Cork and other counties. They allow mobile coffee units open and serve people and are encouraged. Why is Limerick doing the opposite? My heart goes out to these traders. Damien says, will the council go and sort out those dumping illegally all the time in some of the same spots? No, they're quick to go after legitimate businesses, though. Um, Another listener says, is this an April Fool's joke? Uh, They're shutting businesses during the pandemic. Um, And another listener says, uh, feel sorry for the lads, uh, but there's two-month waiting list for casual trading licenses in Limerick. And there are also small cafes paying hundreds in rent only for these mobile ones to rock up nearby for free. Fair is fair. Um, says uh, that listener. So uh, quite a diverse um, so it's, body it's of not opinion. free, obviously, but hmm? it, it wouldn't be free. Anyone whose private property we'd be on would, would, wouldn't be free, obviously. We'd yeah. paying rent. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yes, paying rent to the thing. All right, Councillor Emmett O'Brien, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners. So what do you make of uh, what the guys have had to say and the council's response? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we heard it there at the top of the news. It, it looks like the government won't be happy until they actually have the guardie outside the doors of our house, keeping us inside the house. We're going to be under house arrest. But it looks like the way things are going with this yet another lockdown. And just, you know, in, in one of the most shockingly significant economic turmoils in the history of the state, the council starts to decide to go closing down small enterprises and small businesses and people that are trying to keep um, you know, food on the table in, 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 in large terms. And I, I thought it a little bit curious that one of the speakers there actually got a weak grace, but a young lad out from my way here in the Down Palace Kinnery in the GA Club, he chilled the beans. He didn't even get a week. He didn't even get 10 minutes. The actual enforcement officer was there at 10 to 9 on the morning that he was actually setting up. So it just strikes me as curious that during the course of the pandemic, when pretty much everything in the city is closed down and the country is closed down, we have 15% unemployment um, and we're, and the state is encouraging people to get out and exercise that they can't even so much as get a coffee. Now, uh, I know they'll be able to get coffee from some of the restaurants that are keeping open, but I've discussed this with members of other public representatives, TDs, county councillors, who are very much taken aback by the push by the county council and the city council on this issue. And what we're looking for here is just a little bit of an accommodation during the course of the lockdown. I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, in a long-term basis, obviously the, the, the food stall owners have to go through the proper procedures in terms of applying for a casual trading licence, which we've discussed there. There was a figure of two months run out. It's actually much significantly longer. And that in itself brings other difficulties because you're specifically located to a designated trading area, which is basically the milk market. Now, from talking to a lot of people, a lot of people who do the bridges walk are quite happy to get coffee from the mobile food stalls that are on the bridges or people in Raheen who are walking and be able to stop off, have a chat with their friends, over compliant and all the rest of them, of course, uh, and move on. So uh, as for an unauthorised structure then, you know, really, you have to get into the basis whether this is even a structure. These are... From what I see, these are mobile units that are moved on. So, you know, there's a lot of difficulty here. And the approach being taken by the council is just 
kind of dancing on pinheads. Well, well, the, 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 the only thing is, Emmett, though, I mean, it's quite clear, even from what the guys are saying, that they believe it's quite possibly complaints from other businesses that are also ratepayers. And, you know, I mean, the council probably, um, the officials didn't probably sit in, in their offices socially distanced and come up with this all on their own. Well, look, I mean, obviously, if a complaint comes in, obviously, under legislation, the county councillor and city councillor are obliged to, to look into the complaints. Whether they're coming from competitors, I don't know. But I'm sure they're coming from members of the public as well who are very concerned uh, about COVID compliance. You know, some people seem to take it upon themselves. There's particular county councillors who seem to just ring the, the guardie on, on, a, on a daily basis about the most uh, insignificant of transgressions. And you have ministers actually encouraging people to ring Gardaí about their neighbours if they're, they're seen outside the five-clamber zone. So, you know, I think we have to take a bit of a, a more relaxed approach to your, at least for the currency of this lockdown, which now seems to be going to the, to the, to the second week or the first week of March. No, 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 Emmett, just give me one second. Just give me one second, yeah. please. <laughs> I, I just need to take a break, that's all, and I'll come straight oh, okay. back to you. Okay, is that all right? Because uh, we, we, we still need to make a few quid as well. And there's such interest in this that I'm going to take a break and, and hold on to the guys for a few minutes. So we're chatting to Andrew Maloney of Hook and Ladder, Brian Curtin of Blackbird Coffee, and Councillor Emmett O'Brien of Limerick City and County Council, uh, independent member. Uh, now, Emmett, just to finish your point. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I've been on the council six, six or seven years. I'm, I'm in private enterprise myself, I'm self employed, and obviously everybody is going through a very significant and difficult phase during this pandemic. And I've been hitting my head against the wall in terms of trying to change the narrative in the council for the last seven years in terms of supporting small enterprises, small businesses. I mean, the council, a lot of the time, just needs to get out of the way of people who are, who are trading in small businesses enterprise. These people and businesses, they employ people, they pay rates, they pay for all the fancy projects around town. Um, you know, the, the, all the parklets, the, the pedestrianisation, all these important things because businesses employ people, businesses pay rates. And okay, during the course of this pandemic, a little bit of latitude needs to be given, a little bit of lateral thinking. I mean, again, international pandemic, 15% unemployment, city devastated. Let's not be closing down businesses. Right. Uh, Brian, can you answer this? Tam from Castle Troy is uh, asking uh, on 086 123 uh, How come ice cream trucks can operate then? Surely coffee vans should be the same. It's, it's funny, Joe. I actually asked the same question when we got our first uh, visit from the council and the answer was that it was a conversation that it wasn't, it, they weren't going into. Um, I it don't was know, a conversation they weren't going into? Maybe it's slightly different to our, our business model where we're physically set up from, you know, 10 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning until 5 in the one location, whereas an ice cream um, van is on the move all day. Now, it's not practical. For well, it, it has to, to stop to hand out the ice cream. It, it I mean, they're not going to yeah. chase it down the street, am I? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we, we might start playing music in the States for our coffee for the parents. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Brian and Tomagate then says, um, quoting uh, you guys, we weren't out to make a million just an alternative cash stream. I think that was you, Andrew. Um, I paraphrase, if the charity shop on a city street started selling coffee to raise funds for charity, how would that be taken, um, Andrew? I, I don't see it. How, how, how I would take the negatively, though. If any, if, if any business is willing to change the way they're doing business and bring in, in the charity shop point of view, bring in additional additional stream of income for a charity, then fair play to them. You also, like in, in, sorry, 
Now, you also mentioned, Andrew, that, you know, maybe some of the complaints were coming from members of the public uh, uh, who were concerned about COVID compliance. Are you COVID compliant in the van? We 100% there. We've been doing this, unfortunately, since obviously the whole thing kicked off last year. Um, we're more than cognizant of what's going on in the current environment. We endeavour, in the van in particular, we have numerous traffic cones, floor signage, mat signage, mask, uh, face covering, wearing signage, limit your dwelling signage. Unfortunately, when people get their hot beverage from us and they move out of our area, we aren't, nor can we be responsible for them as they walk up O'Callaghan's friend and they meet a member of their family or they meet a member of the public and they stop for a chat. And in saying that, as they're doing so, they're being COVID compliant anyway. We all are. It's not like, yeah. same as when you go down to the store shopping, you go in, you wear your mask, you're exceptionally aware of staying back from the person in front of you, as you were in any supermarket. So right. it's the same thing for us. Personal responsibility has um, to come into it as much as possible. There's only so much we can do. And just to revert back to the, someone who mentioned about charity, like ourselves as a company, we couldn't do any more from a charity point of view as well, the van was also servicing maternity hospital, which we're all getting free hot beverages on a daily basis. Yeah. It was also open UHL yesterday for the entire day, serving upwards of three or 400 coffees on us, giving back to the community that we've done for the last 12 months in particular. So it's, yeah. we're not just out to make a quick book. We're genuinely not. We're out to provide a service to the people, the people of Limerick who have been more than helpful and backing our case and to them we're just going to say kind of a big thank you for support over the last 12 months obviously Right John and Corbally says um, we can bring in the Italian rugby team uh, people from um, racing courses um, students coming in to colleges I can't leave my home now and go for a coffee at the local boat club this is typical no consultation and ruling with an iron fist fair play to the boys for showing initiative it's easy to uh, make commands from the council when your salary is unaffected by the pandemic um, says John in uh, Corbally um, and Brian finally I mean, is there any way out of this or do you think you essentially won't be able to continue? Um, the honest answer is, oh, I, I actually don't know. Um, I'm hoping, and, and as Andrew said a couple of minutes ago, that we might be able to come to some sort of a meeting point with the council that, you know, for the next couple of months until things do open up and go back to normality again, where the likes of Andrew and them will have the shops to fall back in and myself, I'll have hopefully festival events in summertime that, that that'll be our business towards that. Um, just for the for the meantime, the honest answer is I I don't know, and I I suppose just from a from a compliance and social distancing perspective as well with us it was funny we actually had a visit from the council last Saturday and I won't mention who it was we did a nice conversation with him the whole lot and he actually complimented on how the public were almost naturally social distancing um in the queue waiting for their coffee, um so the council are aware that 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 the whole COVID side of things isn't a problem with us that we are compliant with it and, it, and the social distancing and the mask wearing is happening. Okay. Well, look, there's massive interest in this. We'll certainly be keeping a close eye on it. We do appreciate uh, all of you coming on and talking to us about it uh, this morning. Brian Curtin of Blackbird Coffee, Andrew Maloney of Hook and Ladder and Councillor Emmett O'Brien. Much more to come on the show. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.